Welcome back. You are listening to another episode of Chaos on the Set. Today, we have our original crew. I'm Mike. I'm Shruti. I'm Kate. And we are going to be discussing the Christmas rom-com classic, The Holiday, starring Kate Winslet, Cameron Diaz, Jude Law, and Jack Black. This film is essentially wife swap, but with your house. <laughs> and shockingly, I really, really enjoyed it. it certainly, it's Mike's favorite movie of all time. <laughs> no, but it's it's one of my favorite rom-coms of all time, very quickly, only to be surpassed by uh, I Love You, Man, which is my Wait, all-time favorite rom-com. I should have asked you to look this up earlier. I apologize. But out of all of the Nancy Myers movies, so this is a Nancy Myers movie, would you say this is your favorite if you've seen them all? I couldn't even name another Nancy Myers movie, so... Parent Trap, Parent Trap, Mike. Oh, yeah, this is way better than The Parent Trap. Oh. Okay, I wouldn't say this is way better than The Parent Trap. What is this twin erasure? I like The Parent Trap, Shruti. Thank you, I appreciate it. Because I like you. Oh, you love me. Aww. Okay, let me pull up Nancy Myers IMDb. Father of the Bride, Father of the Bride Part 2. What woman wants. Something's gotta give. Okay. It's complicated. Um, here's the thing, right? Something's gotta give. I watched it during the pandemic. Let me let me paint the picture for you. I watched I've I have a lot of blind spots in like my classic movies uh background. Uh Mike knows it more than anyone. But I I especially even the rom coms I haven't seen. So one day casually I was like, Oh, I've never seen one Harry Met Sally. Let's throw it on. We throw it on and it quickly becomes maybe my favorite rom com of all time. It's so charming and it's one of those movies that I've always heard is amazing. So I'm like, let's keep this going. What's another movie that I've heard is supposed to be really good? Something's gotta give. Let's throw it on. It is probably the worst movie I have ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. I am I literally thought I was watching a parody of a movie, but I was like, there's no way they got Jack Nicholson to do a parody. So I guess this is real, but what the hell am I watching right now? It is atrocious. It's a nightmare. And so I was a little worried about watching The Holiday before watching it, but it is way better than Something's Gotta Give. I will give you that. Well, as of one of two Nancy Myers films that I've seen, it's my favorite. <laughs> Father of the Bride is a classic. You've never seen Father of the Bride? Maybe a long time ago. Not that I can recall. To be honest, I'm actually not a huge Steve Martin fan. I, I think he's fine. But like... Wow. I don't know. I haven't like... I don't love his films, old or new, really. I think he's a good comedian. I've, I've seen him do uh, stand-up, but... No. Have I mean, you watched um, Only Murders in the Building? No, I've been meaning oh, to. Oh, you'll love it. It's fantastic. There's a lot of series I have to get to. That's I watch a lot of movies because it's just like one and done with a movie. With a series, there's a level of devotion, and I find it hard to juggle several at one time, or I like won't see them through. Like, there's some series I will literally watch like the first six or seven episodes, and then I just won't finish it, which is. Wild. But I think that's a good trait to have because I watch too many shows where I know I'm not into it, but I have this weird thing where I like need to see it through and I waste. There's too much television to have that kind of attitude this day and age. Like you're being efficient that's and fair. I appreciate that. Anyway, back to the holiday. Um, I guess we should let's get into the romance aspects of the holiday. Um, we have two different storylines, right? Kate Winslet and Jack Black and Jude Law and... Cameron Diaz who do we want to interrogate first um probably the two women first well just because they're the ones that 
We're interrogating their oh. romances, Kate. Oh, there's, oh. There's no lesbian romance in this film. I, don't... I know, but did you see them in the last scene when they were, like, cuddling oh. up together? I was like, they should just make out. Sorry. They were, they were, but then, never mind. What? Say it. Say it. No. Just when Kate once it was dancing with Jude Law. It's like, even they have chemistry together, but no, I. No, the incest. <laughs> I I know I okay. You're the one that led us down this path, Kate. No, I mentioned a lesbian couple, not incest. This is good. Let's start with let's start with Jude Law. Okay, thank you, yes. thank you for rating us in. And I do want to point out before we get into it, the website they use to swap homes is a real website that still exists right now. So everyone listening, if you want to swap homes with a stranger, and get someone's dog or something. You can. Okay, so I guess we should outline the basic premise of the movie is uh, Amanda, Kate Cameron Diaz's character, has been broken up with by her, or they break up because her boyfriend cheats on her by sleeping with the receptionist. Um, because he says, "Hold on, I wrote down his exact line on my yikes counter." Oh, he's so gross. Also, a horrible actor. He says, "I've been sleeping with her. She's in love with me. She's young." Those three sentences should never be said back to back <laughs> to back, or you should call the police. Like, that's disgusting. Uh, but anyway, they break up. Cameron Diaz decides that she needs to get away for the holidays to, you know, I don't know, stop being depressed. And she decides to do a home exchange with Kate Winslet. They switch houses. Kate Winslet does not specify that she has a dog prior to this home exchange. So crazy. And so I guess Cameron Diaz is now roped into getting a dog. Also, they decide during their conversation that they will switch houses the next day. Their decision is to do it tomorrow. Wait, here's the thing. Money does not exist in this film. At least, come, I mean, I've, Amanda is At least rich. for them. And I, I guess Kate Winslet is also rich, but doesn't live like she is. Well, I mean, just the fact that she can... I mean, I guess it does show that she gets on, like, an economy flight, and she's got, like, the middle seat in the middle row, and... All that fun stuff. But just to be able to fly the next day, I'm like, wow. How? Irresponsible dog owner. She never walks that dog once in the entire film. (laughs) That really pissed me off. She just lets Cameron Diaz do it. No, Cameron Diaz also does not walk that dog. No. No, you see him walking the dog. Oh, she does? Yeah. She's walking the dog during the three-way phone call. Oh, okay. Well, one walk. But, but... (laughs) It's important to note that Cameron Diaz probably didn't know that part of this vacation would be, like, taking care of a dog. Like, that's important to know. No, I'm sure that Kate Winslet told her, like, and I have a dog. Feed him this. Not before she, not before Cameron Diaz signed on to take her house. That's true. That's like, they true. made that call, and then she's probably like, oh, yeah, you know, do this, do that, take out the trash. Oh, and there's a dog. <laughs> The one thing about the one day to switch houses, it makes it more realistic that she, like, wouldn't have told her brother, and her brother is, like, surprised to show up to her house and see another woman there that it was so fast. So, in that sense, I can, like, excuse the ridiculous of the one night, because it does, one day, because it does have, like, a plot element to it. But anyway, then Cameron Diaz arrives in England, Kate's favorite place in the world. Yeah. (laughs) And Jude Law... Kate Winslet's brother shows up to the cottage. Sorry. And they decide to have sex. But before he shows up, Kate, should we talk about the issue that you and I both had with this movie? Oh. The Jude Law issue. How dare you have issues with Jude Law? No, it's not Jude Law. It's the the character that plays Kate Winslet's ex 
Ethan. Jasper. No, Ethan is Amanda, Cameron Diaz's ex. It, Jasper is Kate Winslet's ex. You're talking about Kate's? Oh, you're talking yeah. about Kate's ex. He yeah. looks like Jude Law to the point where I thought he was Jude Law to the point where when Jude Law walks into Kate, like, into Kate Winslet's house and Amanda Cameron Diaz is there and she's like, he's like, I'm her brother. I thought he was lying. You thought it was Jasper? You think they look the same? They do. Kate thinks the same thing. Kate made the same I mistake. Think- I think I think Jude Law is way better looking. I was so worried because I thought that Cameron Diaz was gonna fall in love with Jasper, and I'm like, but this dude is literally like leading Kate Winslet on and being like a horrible, awful guy, and they're gonna make him like a leading love interest. And then, but then I quickly realized that's not what they were doing. But I don't know. He looks like Jude Law. They look similar to each other. Yeah. I mean, Jude Law is obviously like more attractive after like seeing them side by side obviously jude law is way more attractive but just in the moment i just assumed that was jude like i knew jude law was in the movie so when i see jasper the ex kate wants his ex-boyfriend i was like oh i guess that's jude law you know why i think that happened is because we like immediately see jack black and so our brains are trying to figure out who's the other like leading man and when i saw him i was like oh jude law and then and then i realized the way he was treating kate Winslet. i was like i don't think that's jude law (laughs) It got to the point. Kate called me at one point in the movie, which we'll get into. Yes. Teaser, so you keep listening to this episode. There is an egregious part of the movie where Kate called me and was like, did this just happen? Because Kate Winslet broke up with Jude Law. And I was like, it's not Jude Law. <laughs> like, I had, I had thought the same thing, but it's not Jude Law. And I had to tell Kate it wasn't Jude Law. So, but you're telling me. Okay, so you thought, like, in the start of the film, he was Jude Law. However, so when, when the real Jude Law walks through the door you're no, still no, under the no, assumption no. that it's the other guy at that point you didn't I, I thought no I thought it was oh my god that's bad I, I thought he what? was straight up lying to Cameron Diaz about being Kate Wilson's brother but then I but then I pulled out my phone and I looked up IMDb and was like oh no it's two separate actors okay their hair is completely different no I get it now but you have to realize that I was caught up in the moment of the rom-com fever. I feel like I shouldn't have admitted this to you guys. Now you're going to judge me. No, no, but I also was confused. All white people look the same. Yeah. They do. They look similar. I don't know. Anyway, Kate, Cameron Diaz and Jude Law decide to sleep together. And he is... Yeah, it's so uncomfortable. Too. I have I have the track. I think we need to listen to how awkward it is. I'm really sorry because it will be a painful experience for us all, but... You know, um, given that I'm in a bit of a personal crisis and um, I find myself in a total stranger's home in a town that I can't actually remember the name of, and considering that you showed up and you're, like, insanely good-looking and really drunk and probably won't remember me anyway, um, I'm thinking we should have sex. If you want. Is that a trick question? I'm actually serious. And not that this matters, but I've never said anything like that in my entire life before. <laughs> Just that this whole knowing that I'll never see you again thing is kind of exciting. I mean, this is what a vacation's supposed to be, right? You're supposed mm. to vacate your life, do the unexpected, and you are definitely unexpected. This all sounded really wonderful till I became the cabana boy. <laughs> <laughs> Funny, which is like a bonus. Yeah? Yeah. Never meet me when I'm so. A bonus is that you're funny. 
so I should warn you. I'm not very good at this. This part's weird. This being... Um, sex. Okay, now that cannot be true. Nevertheless, the guy that I lived with mentioned it once or twice, and a girl does not forget a comment like that. Not even me. <laughs> Sorry, you have to listen to make out noises. I mean, how bad could I be? Oh. <laughs> Sex is pretty basic, mm. right? Mm -hmm. I mean, am I pretty much talking you out of this? Strangely, not at all. This very strangely. Foreplay. I think it's overrated. <laughs> Significantly overrated. You are quickly becoming one of the most interesting girls I've ever met. Okay, we can stop there. <laughs> How does that make her interesting? How does her being like, I don't know how to have sex, and like, how hard can it be, right? <laughs> how does that make her interesting? I her lack of enjoying foreplay, I guess, makes her interesting. I what? I I'm I, this scene is so unbelievably uncomfortable. <laughs> Cause like for me, I just don't get how like her rambling on about like okay, I get that she's nervous and she doesn't ever really like take risks like that. But this is like a stranger who's drunk in a stranger's cottage that she's renting out for only two weeks. Like, her having to like continuously justify her. I guess that shows she's pretty uptight when it comes to relationships and she's very guarded. Okay. But I don't get how Jula was like, that's so interesting of you. You're not like other girls. It's, uh... <laughs> And I, we didn't, I think I didn't clip this part out. But like prior to this part of the scene starting, Jude Law is like, or Cameron, she keeps at, Jula accidentally kisses Cameron Diaz, and she's like, oh, could you try that again? And he kisses her again. She's like, oh, this is so weird, kissing a stranger. Maybe if I closed my eyes. I'm like, girl, why are you not closing your eyes? Why are you keeping your eyes wide open while you're kissing this man? That's weird. Yeah, the their oh relationship gosh. got off to a very strange start. I will give you that. But I liked what it turned into. I liked how it developed. If you just get past that that initial awkwardness, okay, okay. Because I can't. Because I can't defend it. If you're gonna ask me to, I can't. <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna blame Cameron Diaz for not being the best actress. I, it's because she's still in love with Shrek. Okay, and it's oh. and it's and it's bad. It's badly written Wait. and it's poor dialogue. But also, she's like very. I will say, I think it's one of her better roles. But even in one of her better roles, I think it's still pretty unnatural. I didn't think her acting was bad. I think I think just her character. I just didn't love her character. I think she did what she could with the character she was playing. Uh whatever. It's okay. We can move on. I think it's I think it's both. I don't know. I just feel I, I haven't seen Cameron Diaz any in anything that has wowed me. You ever see Gangs of New York? She ruins that movie. Oh, I guess I just have, like, a very, like, one of my mom's favorite movies is Something About Mary, and I just have, like, a very strong nostalgic um, connection to Something About Mary, so that might be where I'm getting, like, the, like, hey, I actually like Cameron Diaz, just really not in this role. Does she play, like, an uptight person in There's Something About Mary, or is she No, she's, like, a hippie. She's, like, okay. she, she, like, lives that in, might be yeah, she lives in Florida, and she's, like, super chill, and, um, because it's Adam Sandler, when, no, it's Ben Stiller. Sorry, oof. It's Ben Stiller. When Ben, when Ben Stiller comes like back into her life from so last time she saw him was in high school. But she's like, "Hey, man," and she's like super like go up the floor. Can I just say I get it? 
Ben like I'm not saying Ben Stiller and Adam Sandler look the same, but they give off the same energy. Well, they're just two of those comedy giants from like the late '90s, early 2000s, and they're just they're easy to. And they've been in a lot of stuff together too. So <laughs> sorry, right. okay. off of white people looking the same. They all look the same. <laughs> Um, they go on a date, Cameron Diaz and Jude Law, where Cameron Diaz admits that she cried when her parents split up when they were 15 years old, and she has never cried again. And then Jude Law falls in love with her. I mean, yada, yada, <laughs> yeah. I, I just don't get... I, Mike, can you explain to me... This is my issue with The Star is Born, actually, and I would love to apply the I same... I haven't seen that. Okay, well... My issue with The Star is Born is I cannot tell you which moment Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga fell in love with each other. Can you tell me when Cameron Diaz and Jude Law fell in love with each other? Ooh. That's a good question. Off off of an initial... I think I know. Just the one time watching it? <laughs> I mean, um, no, I think there is a I'm, moment. Okay, what do you think I the think moment is? I think it's when she lays in the tent with him and his daughters. That's when I think she falls in love with him. Oh, I, I think he's already in love with you her. You already at that think point. he's already there? Okay. Yeah, he falls in love with her first for sure. But his kids get cozy with her real quick. <laughs> I know. I was waiting yeah. for one of them to be like, Are you my new mom? <laughs> and I was going to die. At one point, one of the kids like touches her lips and they're like, I like your lipstick. I'm like, Y'all, this is awfully close. <laughs> If I was yeah. Jude Law, I would be like, "Can you please back the fuck up?" <laughs> yeah, I do. I do like though. I like the whole um, this sort of twist where because you you I think before you you kind of get the vibe right that he's like drunken playboy, yeah. especially like with all the women's names. I do. I think it's a a, a nice twist in their relationship when you I mean obviously not nice that he's a widower but no yeah it's like you know, he keeps getting calls from these girls and Cameron Diaz thinks it's, that he's it's his daughter and he yeah. he has that line he yeah. mentions like that he's good at breaking women's hearts and like it never really ends up well and everything and it's interesting like thinking back on it where Cameron Diaz thought oh he's like a playboy when in reality he has, like, this home life as a father that he's committed to, and I think he drives women away because of that, you know? Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's actually really sad. But going back to the whole Cameron Diaz not crying thing, I think it's just, like, supposed to show that she's sort of emotionless, right? And, and I guess that sort of ties into her being, like, a workaholic earlier in the film, Um in, in just to sort of drive home the point, I think that she has a hard time being in committed relationships and devoting herself enough and, and becoming uh, engaged with people. But, yeah, it was kind of like a little odd where she's like, oh, my God, I cried. And, and it's like this big triumphant moment that she, like, shed a tear. But I guess, I mean, it is a nice little plot point to say, like, that's how she knew it was real, the fact that she cried and it made her turn around. Is it a little corny? Sure, yeah. but I bit into it. It's so corny. I bit into <laughs> it. I, so Mike is referencing the end of the movie where Cameron Diaz decides to go back and spend New Year's Eve with Jude Law. And uh, basically she gets in the car to leave and, and 
is they're driving away and then makes the decision to go back. And you hear that there's a trailer gimmick throughout the movie because Cameron Diaz's profession is editing trailers that comes back after she cries. And it's like, Amanda, welcome back. But I literally had to go and look up in the script what the script notes were because I was like, why does she decide to go back? And it's literally just... She starts feeling really hot. Amanda pulls off her scarf. She looks out the window. Children pass by, laughing on a sled. Whoa, she's really hot. She unbuttons her coat a little. She clears her throat. She checks her plane ticket, passport, phone, all set, etc., etc. What's going on? She feel she doesn't feel quite right. Without knowing it, without trying, with no effort whatsoever, her eyes begin to well up. Amanda sits up straight, stunned. Is it going to happen? Then <laughs> one small tiny tear makes its way out of her eye and rolls down her cheek. And then trailer voice guy cuts in, Amanda Woods, welcome back. Amanda screams. She tries to make herself cry and she just gets it all out. So I guess because she's finally cried, she decides to go back. Like, I I kind of can hear it in the script what Nancy Myers was going for. I don't, I, and I don't really blame Cameron Diaz, honestly. I, I do think it's a weak performance, but I think that it's also not written that well if like the pivotal moment is that she's finally cried that's what she's decided to stay with jude law i just that moment is not really sold to me throughout the movie i literally had to look it up in the script yeah. and then be like oh okay i guess i kind of get it but it felt more like contriving a reason to have like the running oh my gosh can you go any faster i need to get back asap when there's like truly no rush you you'll, you'll be fine and i think like again I'm going to be like a Cameron Diaz defender at least a little bit here, but what you just read from that script, it just seemed so like inner monologue like in her head, not really like physically showing what's going on to her, more like kind of what she was thinking. And that's really hard for an actress to have to display, kind of. And I think the only physical thing that really came out of it was like the tears in her eyes and her trying to cry. Which I think kind of watered down her emotions in a way and, like, her love for Jude Law. I wonder if it was... I think it must have been, like, either the script was written to be too, like, inner monologue. You know how we always learned, like, if you're going to do log lines, it really has to be what the actor actress can portray on screen. It can't be, like, too in their own head. Action lines. Action lines. Yeah, sorry, not log lines. Um, <laughs> oops. Yeah, but... I felt like... So, sorry, just because people listen to this podcast... <laughs> I'm going to do it again. <laughs> like, when you listen okay. to action lines, what's written down has to be what the camera can see. Yes, sorry. I always, like, explain terms and then don't actually explain what they are. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, the action lines is... You can't have a character in an action line being like, and then I thought this to myself. It's like, no. Here's, I- here's a great example. Have y'all seen uh, Crimes of Grindelwald, the second... Uh, fantastic no i refuse to touch that movie no (laughs) okay but here's the thing we all know jk rowling sucks right yeah i was i I was i was panning through the screenplay in barnes and noble the other day and there's a scene where like jude laws dumbledore here we go tie in like looks through the mirror of erised and like the action lines say like dumbledore looks in the mirror of erised and thinks about all of his past desires and blah 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 screenwriting classes tell you you cannot put in action lines what somebody is thinking because that's not something the camera can take up the camera every action line needs to be something that the camera can actually pick up screenwriters break this trope all the time like obviously but you can't make it that bad and now we know jk rowling is not a screenwriter or a good person 
person. But besides that, go uh-huh. ahead. You know what, though? I think if anyone could pull it off, I think it'd be Jude Law. Aww. I think he could sell it to the camera. I love when, you know, she gets back to the house and there he is, bawling his eyes out. Tells you everything you need to know. Mr. Napkinhead. <laughs> Mr. Napkinhead, exactly. Great, great side character, by the way. Might be in the running for number one. Yeah, but I just wonder if there was just... um. I'm sure it was hard for Cameron Diaz to portray that level of like where Nancy Myers was kind of like taking it in the script. She seemed to get very introspective. Yeah. And I'm sure that's really hard to then direct an actress in the moment in shooting. You know, it's just it just fell a little flat. I I did not realize the big undertone of Cameron Diaz hasn't cried since she was 15. I didn't realize the significance of that plot line until re-watching the movie, or I guess oh, reading the script. No, I, I understood it because oh, that was like I'm the a big... Because they, talk, well, they talked about it so goddamn much. Because I, I mean, yeah, because at, at their date, when Jude Law was like, well, I want to know about your past, she was like, ready? Here you go. Like, my parents split when I was 15. I went upstairs, cried, sobbed all night, haven't cried since. And he's like, wow, you have it. And then when they were fighting, when she was fighting with her old boyfriend in the very beginning, he's like, why can't you cry? Like, you're breaking up with your boyfriend. Why can't you cry? And, yeah, but and there's that sucks. awkward, and there's that, yeah, but then there's that awkward scene where she keeps she's trying, trying to, cry to force herself yeah, to cry. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Like, I, I, she's doing? looking up vacation rentals. Wait, I have that audio too. I do, if you, y'all don't mind listening to it, because this is another thing where I'm like, this feels like just weak scripting because of what nobody would actually talk to themselves like this when like looking up a vacation rental. You know what I mean? She's just narrating the whole thing and it's awkward. I feel like that happens a lot in rom-coms though. Maybe I'm wrong. It does. Oh, worry-free vacations. Good. Where's that? Bora Bora. Hmm. Kayak for one? No, thank you. Vacation rentals? I could do that. Pull up in a house somewhere, disappear for a few weeks. I like that idea. Where do you want to go on your next vacation? Click here and pick a country. Where do they speak English? Ah. Click on a town or city. Let's see. Cotswolds. Barn converted to modern house in the beautiful Cotswolds. Which looks exactly like the valley. Sorry. Okay, number one, nobody talks to themselves that much while Google searching. Number two, what do you think about the exactly like the valley joke? That felt like a joke that only people in LA will understand. And also rude. The valley is great. I understood it, though. Yeah, I mean, I understand, like, just, I've never been to LA, but I understand, like, people make fun of the valley a lot. Shut up. The valley's Uh, great. (laughs) Okay. But... What's ironic about all of that is you can see everything she is clicking on the screen. And it's not even like I understand talking to yourself if you're like, hmm, like, where do what am I going to do? Where do I want to go? She's like narrating the whole process, like reading line by line. Like, where do they speak English? Here. Just when Kate Winslet gets the responses. Right. And so then Kate Winslet starts talking, too. So I don't want to put this on Cameron Diaz. And maybe it's – I like, I don't know what the factor is, but when Kate Winslet is basically just reading out loud and doing the same thing that Cameron Diaz does, it's more, like, natural, whereas when Cameron Diaz is like, kayak for one, no, I don't want to do that. It's – it feels so contrived. It li- because it, it I think the difference is it feels like Kate Winslet is 
sort of putting a bit of emotion into it. Like you understand her thought process of like why she wants to go on this endeavor. And I think that's why it reads more naturally. Whereas it literally just sounds like Cameron Diaz is reading lines. Yeah. Like it doesn't seem the way that that just sounded to me without seeing the scene, but just hearing the audio, it doesn't sound like Cameron Diaz is currently having a life crisis. It's, Sounds like she's talking to a travel agent. <laughs> well, that's the thing, because Cameron... Because Amanda is so clearly closed off as a character that I think her kind of, like, plight of wanting to just get out of L.A. and, and go for a vacation, it's like... It's like, okay, and then when Kate Winslet's character is, like... <laughs> well, we'll get to this later, but when she's having a rough time... <laughs> After um, after that, what's his name? Jasper kind of, like, breaks her heart. It makes more sense why she would, like, in a fit of desperation, be like, yes, I'll switch houses with you. Yes, I will get away from this man that will not leave me alone. Like, Cameron didn't really have that. Like, she kind of just... Yeah. I think for her... She had to go along with what the script demanded. And, and not even that. I think, like, Amanda's character just doesn't know why they aren't upset with, like, this loss in their, in, like, her romantic life. And I think she's trying to get away to understand more, like, why is this not affecting me as much as it should? Yeah, I mean, she she punched the guy, but... I know, but, like, <laughs> there was more anger than, than heartbreak. And it's interesting to see how she's, like, Amanda's a very just angry person, can't cry, can't, like, really yeah. super, like, connect to these relationships. And then Kate Winslet's character is, like, has so much love to give... And her emotions are so on her sleeve that she's literally, like, you know, losing her mind over this guy, right? Yeah. Which, which, by the way, uh, Amanda's ex-boyfriend, Ethan. Yeah. I I can't decide if he's, like, worst person or worst actor. Like, terrible Uh. creepo freak, but also (laughs) some of – I'm like, if this this guy's in the movie, like, for long term – it was going to be rough. Thank God it's only like yeah. the first five minutes because yeah. yeah, he was horrible. He's in Kate's favorite movie, 27 Dresses. Who is he in 27 Dresses? He plays uh, Catherine Hegel's boss that she's in love with. What? Oh my God, that's the same guy? Okay, that's, wow. <laughs> he but. looks a lot older in 27 Dresses. I think that 27 Dresses was uh, much no, later. No, 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 it's one year after this came out. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, he looks like a baby in this movie. He looked, he got, wow, he aged a lot in a year. Okay, sorry, random man, I'll stop so, flaming you on our <laughs> podcast about your age. So we, we've spent a lot of time talking about uh, Cameron Diaz and Jude Law, and I think we're kind of mixed on on them should we talk about the much better relationship yes jack black and kate winslet kate winslet and jack black excuse me all right we gotta we gotta talk about right away shrew here's my great i'll i'll tee you up kate tee me up (laughs) my issue with um nancy myers in general is that i think she thinks women cry a lot more and a lot more vocally than they really do and this is like i Sorry, this is, again, not the movie we're talking about, but I just need y'all to understand how bad Something's Gotta Give is. This is Diane Keaton crying in the movie. Oh, no. 
<laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I don't like how they try to be like, aha, but look in, in the holiday, Jude Law's character, he says he cries all the time at like a good book, at a good movie, whatever. But then like when he's crying, he's just like got tears in his eyes. Like I wanted to see Jude Law wail. <laughs> I want to see him. No, you could tell he was, you could tell he was bawling no, his eyes out. He looked like. No, uh, he was just crying. Yes, he, he wasn't, yes. she didn't go into the, to no, the house and she didn't. no. Cameron Diaz, Cameron Diaz has had like one tear streaming down her face. Jude Law was like all red and, and tears all over his That's face. That's not bawling. That's not bawling. It insinuated. It insinuated. You could tell he was crying heavy. Well, no, but here's the thing is that in in this movie, though, Kate Winslet does bawl her eyes out over Jasper. And then... Let's talk about the most problematic scene in the movie, which so terrible that Kate called me and I was like, yep, that happened. I'd like to point out me and Shruti looked at the script, skimmed the script after this. And this was not in Nancy Meyers like final draft that she handed over to the studio. This was added in during shooting. But there is a scene when Kate Winslet is crying her eyes out in her cottage and she gets a match. And she lights it, and she turns on the gas on her stove. And she starts inhaling the fumes from her stove. And then she quickly snaps out of it and goes to the open window and goes, oh, low point, low point. So inappropriate. What? Like, why? I don't understand what possessed them when they were shooting to be like, you know what would elevate this more? A suicide attempt. (laughs) A suicide attempt. Because, like, here, here they already have, like, they're kind of already painting a trope of, like, women being hysterical in this movie. And then they're like, let's make Kate Winslet almost. Yeah, it's 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 definitely something I think that doesn't age well at all. Does like not. it really catches you off guard. It's it's totally against the grain of the rest of the film. And then, you know, she like throws her her head out the window and is like, what am I doing? And I don't know if it's supposed to be comedic. It, I it really hope wasn't. Not. Yeah. I don't think I don't. I mean, I don't know. But I was appalled. Also, I called Shruti yeah. and was like. Did she just try to? And Shruti was like, yeah. Yeah. I will say, though, I, I think at the same time, this probably was not nearly as controversial in 2006. 2006 yeah. I think a lot of uh, comedies of, of that era had some fun with suicide pretty liberally. Uh, you know, like, think of the other guys, right? The guy that, like, kills himself and jumps off the building and he's like oh look he's flying oh my gosh yeah you're like, right it's i i think it's just different times and that obviously it's you have to point it out in 2021 um but it, it doesn't shock me that they put it in the film back in 2006 um i have not seen the other guys but <laughs> oh good movie they drive a red prius around just like delilah oh, Shruti. yeah my old prius <laughs> um kate winslet also ready to get out of town because of her asshole ex-boyfriend who let's get into the ex-boyfriend before we get into the rest of Kate Winslet's storyline. It's a lot to unload. Here's the, Jasper is Kate Winslet's ex-boyfriend. They were dating for a while until she realized he was also dating somebody else that worked at their company. On the 19th floor in the circulation department. 
And then he, she goes on to, I forget who she's talking to, but she's like, oh, now we talk when the other woman isn't around. So he's now being unfaithful to this woman with Kate Winslet. And then he, like, reaches out to her when she's about to fly away, being like, how do I reach you? He mails her her pages, which, like, so rude. email is a thing. It's 2006. You can email your pages. I don't know what you need to message. And then he calls her. He's outside. Yeah. He just shows up, which is so inappropriate. And he's, like, trying to, like, sultry her at one point. And he's, like, talking to her. He's like, oh, do you have that red bikini that unties in the so back? So gross. Dude, almost all bikinis untie in the back. Like, stop trying to Yeah, be. but then the worst thing is that, like, she's like, wow, he's finally, like, come to his senses. He doesn't want to lose me. And she's like, so you're not getting married then to Sarah? And he's like, well. He's just, yeah, he's a scumbag. Good thing he's not Jude Law. Yeah, no, literally, literally the worst. Extremely manipulative um, and quite frankly, it's like every sort of scene that he's in is very uncomfortable. And again, going back to it, it works against the grain of the film. But I do think it's an important inclusion in terms of the plot itself because, I mean, let's be honest, it's not like that behavior by people is sort of unheard of. No, it's common. Oh, yeah, yeah. When I say he sucks, I'm not saying he sucks in an unrealistic way. Like, I think this is a character. No, it's sadly, sadly And I think it's really important for her entire, uh, you know, character arc by the end of the film. So as as much as, uh, you know, you hate seeing him on screen, there, there certainly is a purpose. He makes Hugh Grant in Bridget Jones's Diary look good. <laughs> um, anyway, Kate Winslet goes to Los Angeles, where what I really love about her storyline is that her romance is with Jack Black, who is a uh, music score composer in Los Angeles. But most of her time in L.A. is actually spent with an old writer named Arthur, and he's just delightful. Played by Eli Wallach. You don't know Eli Wallach? <laughs> no, I don't. Oh my god. Eli Wallach is um is like a really famous old Hollywood uh, actor, mainly known for westerns. So he wow. was in The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, The Magnificent Seven. Um, but then later in his career, I you know, he, he really did took roles in in every genre he was even uh he played a mobster in the godfather part three believe it or not 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 the best actually like inclusion (laughs) in the film but that being said uh very gifted actor and uh certainly me me and kate were, were discussing this sort of off the air uh our favorite sort of relationship in the film was between him and Kate Winslet more of a friendship but yeah um, the relationship is delightful like to the point where I was like most rom-coms like the unrealistic thing to do at the end of the movie is Kate Winslet moves to LA but Kate Winslet should absolutely move to LA like she can be a book publisher in LA and it's not like she's moving just for this man I think she's really developing a nicer sense of community out here than in her isolated cottage in England and um I really liked they set him up from the very beginning of the movie when she's giving that what I think is like a great narration about love at the beginning Kate Winslet mm-hmm. and she's listing the different types of loves you know there's you know loves that burn out loves that are like unrequited and then there's loves that are lost like just simply lost and it shows him lying in bed staring at his deceased wife's picture 
which is so sad. What is this, up? It's kind of, <laughs> a little bit. Um, but I, I like the, I thought they were going to focus the movie on Arthur and, like, not having his wife around anymore. I like that they didn't take that route and instead they were like, no, like, we want to celebrate his life achievements. Get him up on his feet. Yeah. When they, but when they start with that montage of, like, some love is lost, some love is this, some, I was like, oh, I thought this was just two storylines. Is this no, movie going to be, like, an third. eight story? No, but I was ready for this to be, like, a Love Actually Valentine's Day and New Year's Eve-esque, like, multiple, like, nine different storylines type yeah. thing. I'm glad it wasn't, but I no, was like, No, they kept like, it very oh. contained. I liked, I liked the... I like that it was two romances, but then also like also Arthur was there. I liked. Yes. I think it worked, and he was the most delightful part of the movie for sure. I do think that when Caitlin's first meets Jack's Black, Jack Black's character, and like the Santa Ana winds start rushing up, and like her hair gets caught in her eyes, and he's like move the eyelash aside it's just like a very contrived romantic moment that didn't really work for me oh but nicholas cage blowing on the declaration of independence <laughs> did. same same thing same yes. thing oh that shit is- you just got called out that is, it is literally the same same scene yes it is no 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 the blowing on blowing on the declaration of independence is a hotter scene than jack black moving kate wants its hair to the i'm side. sorry but nicholas cage didn't have this the cinema paradiso theme playing in the background all right i know it was kind of corny but i really did like the santa anna winds like thing and and how they were always blowing whenever like kate and jack were deep in thought about each other i don't know <laughs> i thought it was cute I do think that, like, again, that Santa Ana Wynn scene is a written chemistry thing, right? In terms of actor chemistry, Kate Winslet is so damn charming. Yeah, she can make it work with anyone, really. And I think it's very interesting that, like, if you look at the poster for the holiday, right, it's Kate Winslet and Jack Black looking at each other, and them looking at each other makes you smile, but it's Jude Law looking down and Cameron Diaz looking at Jude Law because Jude Law has a very cute smile when he's looking down. But, like, I don't know if they didn't want to do two characters looking at each other in love because that would be too basic, but it's very interesting that two of the characters are looking at each other and are exploding chemistry and two of the characters are not (laughs) looking at each other. I think we mentioned this earlier, Shruti, but it just felt like, Cameron Diaz and Jude Law had a lot of physical chemistry. Like, obviously, we mentioned they're two very hot people. It kind of works for them. Um, But that's where it ends, whereas Kate Winslet and Jack Black had, I would say, like, less physical chemistry because they didn't have the opportunity to, like, physically Mm -hmm. go for it like Cameron Diaz and Jude Law do in this film. But just, like, the little glances, the smiles, the banter um, between them, for me, it was more compelling than, like, like Jack Black just kissing Kate Winslet on the forehead. That was, like, for me, in the entire film, the most, like, charming, cutest, most romantic thing. And I like that Kate Winslet is falling in love with Jack Black or falling for Jack Black because she's, like, watching him in his element, like, composing yeah. music and doing, and she... She loves This him. is what your melody would be. Yeah, it, it, but it's so cute. Okay, that was very romantic. If someone was like, I composed a song for you, I would die. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, that is incredibly romantic. I'm not going to say it. But, like, it's not even the what he does for her. Like, my whole thing is, like, I y- – y'all know I'm an obsessive person when it comes to fandom Everything. and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you don't need to love what I love. You just need to love at the level that I love. 
You know what I mean? And I, I just think the way that Jack Black is like super into his music and Kate Winslet sees that and admires that she's not like it. There's not like a real romantic scene there. She's just interested into him because she likes what drives him. And that is what really pulls me to their storyline. I don't know if that makes sense. That's one of the most romantic things I think in like a relationship is not that you necessarily need to become obsessed like the like your partner is with what they like. But you you watch them enjoy enjoy that thing exactly. and you are happy because they are enjoying it. Well, one of my favorite scenes, I think, that really in, encapsulate their their whole relationship um, is when they're at the movie store, right? At Blockbuster, whatever. R.I.P. And he's just like and he's just like nerding out on every single film and it's great score. And he's like performing them them live in front of her and then there's the awesome cameo by dustin hoffman which i think <laughs> is amazing and then and then you know clearly the scene has a has a sadder ending when yeah. jack black sees his actress girlfriend with another man um but i think like that moment is really the height of their of their joy in their connection. I just think it's weird that he makes a comment about Hans Zimmer scores in the movie, considering Hans Zimmer scored this movie. <laughs> like, oh, I think that's the best. It's it's a great reference. It's a great call out. And they apparently improved, like largely improved that scene. That was Jack Black really kind of just picking out movies oh, from the cute. shelves and kind of just going off. And I read that. Um, Dustin Hoffman was eating lunch near the shooting location that day and saw all the cameras and kind of wandered over and then realized it was a Nancy Meyer film and they're friends. So he was like, can I just be in the scene? Wow. So that's why Jack pulls out the graduate and and then that's why Dustin Hoffman is there because he wasn't even supposed to be in the film, but he just knew Nancy Myers and was like, put me in, coach. It's- Whoever the first AD was on the holiday definitely hates Dustin <laughs> <laughs> I will say, Jack, I mean, Jack Black, I think, steals, like, every scene that he's in. I shouldn't say steals because Kate Winslet is, is also great, but Jack Black, I think, just gives a performance in this film that shows how underrated, I think, he, he truly is yes. as an actor. Like, you know, like, people think, everyone knows Kate Winslet is a phenomenal actress, um, just given her career, but... You know, sometimes people think like, oh, Jack Black, he's just like the funny guy, which he is funny in this, he's but it's, funny. it's a different sort of level, I think. He's really great as a romantic lead. He can do it. And I think he doesn't get the opportunity to enough, sadly, just because not that he's not like attractive, but he looks more like an average dude, you know, and in Hollywood, you kind of need to be like super attractive to get these male romantic leads he's no jude law he's no jude law but i find but he's jack black in his own way all right let's let's get into what a sequel for the holiday would look like one thing i really like about this movie is that it kind of it's not like they end up together right like jack black is like oh can i just come visit you on new year's and caitlin's is just like extending her trip so it's not like the most unrealistic thing that being said i do see a future where caitlin's moves to la like again she's not just moving for her man like, there is a whole community out there and 
everyone in England seems to suck, so. That's the thing. What I like is that Kate didn't just find a guy and was like, this is it. She found a very nice neighbor. She probably made friends with all the people at the Writers Guild, which is interesting. She's also a writer herself. She writes for a newspaper. I feel like that's a really easy transition if she was like, I want to move to L.A., she can get a job in LA. She knows a retired, like, golden age of Hollywood screenwriter who could probably help get her a job, too, out there. Which, she, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't she working for, like, the Daily Mail? Like, the, the Daily... Film? Yeah, uh, I one think of you, those. You see, you see the sign maybe a little bit, but they seem to be a very big operation. Even if she didn't want to go into the film side of things as a writer, like you suggested, Kate, I think she could easily just, like go work for the LA Times or, exactly. or any number of publications uh, in LA. I mean, back when newspapers were still alive. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the sequel I see, honestly, is like they both characters keep dating. Kate Winslet like starts to really like Jack Black and does make this move to LA, becomes a very successful writer at wherever newspaper outlet she wants to work at. And then uh, Cameron Diaz is kind of like, hey, Jude Law, you should also move to LA. But he has kids and he can't do it and they break up because their relationship was built on nothing and they're not really in love. Wow. (laughs) Well, also, like, it just doesn't like, yeah, there's no way Cameron Diaz is moving to London. Like, they have that conversation where he's like, how often do you come to London for work? She goes, never. He goes, New York. She goes, no. And he's like, me neither. There's like, there's nothing connecting them, whereas... Yeah, Kate Lizzie can just transition really easily to L.A. I just felt like she was happier in L.A. than Cameron Diaz was in England. Whereas, like, Kate Winslet found a community. Cameron was like, I like this guy I slept with. Oh, he has kids. Yeah. No, I think Cameron Diaz and Jude Law certainly have way more obstacles in their way just because um, with the kids involved in in all of that. However, I do think... uh, out of the four characters, I think Jude Law is the most in love. I, I do just too. get that vibe. And I think Cameron Diaz is the least in love. Uh. So <laughs> probably not going to work out great for Jude Law, unfortunately. Um, do you think he would move his family to LA? Oof. Maybe if his sister was moving too, it would make sense to move out there. Mm. Yeah. But he's a book, he's a book editor. He could he could find a he could find work in LA as a book editor. I just I don't. I don't see this relationship lasting again. We don't really know when or why Jude Law falls in love with Cameron well, Diaz. And like the thing is, is that like Kate Winslet and Jack Black never had to really have that conversation of, do we want to try long distance? They were just like, they just oh, you they, wanna, they you liked each date other for New Year's Eve. What? Yeah, I, they they yeah. just asked if you want to date for New Year's Eve. Like Whereas, they were they were more they were earlier. Yeah. Also, I think even, I mean, look in the time frame of two weeks how much of a head start could you get on somebody but but i do think at least cameron diaz and and jude law were a little more developed yeah but the whole reason she was like when i mean they've had sex multiple times and jack black is just asking her on one date but (laughs) like i just it's gonna be so messy because their big thing of like what they couldn't figure out cameron diaz and jude law was how do we make a long distance relationship work and when she's literally going to get you know drive to the airport she's like we'll just try our best, but this is going to be like a, it's not really a relationship. We're just two people who like each other. And then when she cries, she's like, no, I need to make it more. But like, will she follow through is the question for the sequel. (laughs) 
for our final segment, a Chaos on the Set original, uh, Nitpicks and Stray Observations. This was a film where I found myself taking many notes throughout. You know, I just opened up a, a little notepad on my phone and I was jotting down things because there's just so many little details that stuck out to me, both good and bad. Uh, I'm just going to roll through my list and then I guess we'll go from there. But one, she's smoking a cig at the holiday party. Like, I know this is 2006, but was that like common practice for people to, in 2006, to still be smoking at their place of work i don't know that, like indoors is yeah she smoking indoors oh yeah at the, like kate winslet is crying and she's like oh just blame it on my cigarette smoke <laughs> um so that was odd two kate winslet uh iris gifts jasper a book and he you don't see what book it is but he says it's first edition I'm choosing to believe it's Pinocchio. It's Pinocchio. <laughs> it's Pinocchio. It was a first edition Pinocchio. I and he... When I was watching it, I was like, Mike is going to think this is Pinocchio. <laughs> and he was thrilled. Third observation, I really liked the Vertigo poster, which oh I God. believe is in uh, Cameron Diaz's office in her L.A. home. And there's actually, there's a ton of observations uh, throughout the film like this, right? She chooses punk drunk love is the movie she's gonna watch like i said earlier the theme the theme from cinema paradiso um there's because of it being in la in their careers there's just a ton of like movie history and and uh cinema through references throughout the film i really as a you know cinephile enjoyed that aspect of the film and i think that's sort of what lent it into it becoming one of my favorite rom-coms is there's just all these little references throughout that I uh, really enjoyed and connected with. Okay. When they get to London or or Surrey, uh, the driver says he can't turn around. Oh, yes. And then he goes up and down the road like several times throughout the film. It's ridiculous. (laughs) And then at the end of the movie. He turns around. Yeah. No, it's really and and Cameron Diaz is again running in heels. It feels like it feels like a gimmick just to make an actress have to run in heels on ice, but it's stupid. It's 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 not even that. It was a gimmick to have Cameron Diaz being miserable walking to the cottage in her heels out of her element to have her at the end of the film running to the cottage in her heels but being very happy and like over the moon because she's in love they just wanted a parallel but also midway through the film like when jasper not jasper sorry jula arrives oh see (laughs) it's confusing at the at the cottage she's like oh the stay is actually being really bad i'm on i have a noon flight tomorrow so number one money is no object for these people number two what was she just planning on going back to la and being like hi iris i'm gonna stay with you now (laughs) i really think she was that or she was going to be like, get out of my house, Iris. Like you got to give somebody notice. It, yeah. That was just terrible. I will say, uh, speaking of gimmick, speaking of gimmicks, I did like the whole trailer voice gimmick I did throughout too. the film. I thought that was funny. I don't know. I don't know why, but I did enjoy that. No, I think in general, when people do movies within movies type things, it's very interesting. Like the trailer gimmick for Cameron Diaz narrating her own life was i think very well done but even like the was it Lindsay lohan and some other actor in uh, the James trailer Franco. That, yeah 
like the the fake trailers that they cut are w- very well done. Like if we like a little bit like Thirty Rock parodies, or if y'all watch Insecure, there's always like a show within a show in Insecure that are always like very smart humor about how media is consumed. So I thought that was very well done. And that guy who was doing the narrations, um, Hal Douglas, he's like a really really famous um, voice actor for trailers. So oh. that was cool. He passed away a few years ago though. But the fact they got him onto the movie was like big because. I don't know if you guys could recognize his voice, but I could the minute that it the, sounded familiar. It, yeah, yeah, that's I mean, you probably have seen hundreds of trailers with his voice. The trailer for the holiday has no narration, but I think if they did do that, that would be a little too on the nose. <laughs> it does have like words that are like Iris and Amanda have the same lives, 6,000 miles apart or whatever, however many miles it is. And I'm like, they don't have the same lives. They're just women that are heartbroken. Sure. Same life. Let's say that. Do y'all think that the Mr. Napkin head bit is so funny that it would make you fall off of your chair? No. I think no, she was laughing because the kids were laughing. It's not funny at all. No. Um, what else do you got, Mike? Um, I wrote down, is Kate Winslet a physical therapist now? She just, she's like, oh, I'm going to get Eli Wallach back up on his feet. <laughs> like, the guy is, I'm okay, I'm sorry, but, like, the guy is walking around with a cane and a walker. I don't think, like, at that age, oh, you just need to, like, get moving and, and you'll be good. Yeah. And, like, great moment when he walks up the stairs. But I was like, is she trained for this? Should she be giving him medical advice? No, she should definitely consult somebody if she's going to help him out like this. Yes. Another Kate Winslet uh nitpick she was struggling heavily opening that bottle of wine she just kept (laughs) twisting the cork and twisting the cork and then it cut away from her and you heard a pop and then it went back to her and the wine bottle was open but she could not figure out how to use that corkscrew if her life depended on it i i wrote cameron diaz got screwed in the house exchange and this is coming from someone who would love nothing more than to live in a cottage in the english countryside do you think but maybe listen if you exude wealth like cameron diaz exudes wealth maybe you do want like a very small intimate getaway like maybe she's that's happy. true and also she's she's asking like one day before christmas so that's true but let me just say kate winslet made out in that movie like when she got there and was like wow like all the blinds are like remote controlled there's a pool there's like a gym there's a huge tv of like 500 movies oh my god can you imagine living in that yeah, house i would have no reason kate winslet should not move to la at the end of this movie she this is her element yeah um she should just be like hey you want my cottage permanently cameron oh, diaz yeah. like i'll take your house for for for, for you know the future um okay then my last one that i don't know why it's annoying me so much but like why was it that on christmas eve they were like jack black and kate winslet were like let's make fettuccine christmas eve fettuccine and then they make they're eating what the fuck is that they show cameron diaz in the cottage eating fettuccine (laughs) she made fettuccine too why when since when is fettuccine alfredo a christmas dish i was i thought that was the weirdest thing in the entire film is that they were all like what should we make for Christmas Eve? Fettuccine Alfredo. <laughs> now I want some fettuccine Alfredo. <laughs> Me too, but that's not a Christmas dish. Fettuccine Alfredo is the not worst. the best, I will say that. But you know what? You're just a pretentious Italian. I knew it. <laughs> it's not really Italian. You're a pretentious Italian. <laughs> Have some cacio e pepe. It's way better. <laughs> I will. Thank you, Michael. Fine. Fine by me. You go enjoy your Christmas fettuccine, Kate. 
On that note, let's wrap things up. Thank you so much for tuning for this holiday edition of Chaos on the Set. You can follow me on Twitter at MicroMarate and my Letterboxd is at TruthyMarate. You can follow me on Twitter at Kate-Wyant. You can't follow me on Letterboxd. Michael told me that um, he'd harm me if I shared it. So RKO. <laughs> you could follow <laughs> You can follow me on Letterboxd at Emmercardi and follow the show on social media at Chaos on the Set. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd. And enjoy your Christmas. I hope you have a very yummy fettuccine Alfredo. Happy holidays. Sorry. Yes, happy holidays. <laughs>